praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Ready for the what? Are you sure? Amen. Ready for the what? Oh, somebody says beside you, let's name this together, our Father. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we receive revelation that is found in your Son. There is accuracy, there is precision, there is clarity. And we say we are edified and you are glorified in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Let's get into it. Matthew 20, 28, verse 18 to 20. We are continuing our series on you are not born a sinner. Amen. How about that? I expect you to repeat it for yourself. Say, I'm not born a sinner. I'm not born a sinner. Yeah. Amen. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, he says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And he says, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. He says, go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So that was an instruction Jesus gave his disciples upon the ascension, that is upon the resurrection. And he gave them an instruction. And I believe that same instruction is for us today. I've heard some people say that that instruction was just for the disciples alone. I believe it was for the disciples alone. It will not be written. So the, the instruction is for us too. So tell anybody the instruction is for you too. Yeah. So he says, go and go ye therefore and teach all nations. That word go is a consistent word. He says go. And that word all nations there is the Jews and every other nation. As at that time when it was written, is the Jew and every other nation. And that word nations there is from the Greek word ethnos, that is, people who are tied by language, people who are tied by culture, people who are tied by beliefs. So generally, it's talking to everybody. So that means the gospel is not restricted to a specific class of people. The gospel is not restricted to a set of people or say to a race of people because that word ethnos there simply means people who are tied by language, culture, belief. All nation we mean, if you want to bring it to our today's world, all nation we mean different occupations, different age groups, um, different um, tribes, different class of the society. So it says go to all nations. So that means we have a responsibility to go to all nations. Say I have a responsibility. You're not saying like you mean it. To go to all nations. So it says, go to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So we can, so now, there is a way the gospel can be very secluded to a specific set of people that you would think that is just for maybe your friends, your family, or for some side of people that when you see certain set of people, you just be like, they don't need the gospel. That all this one needs a social rehabilitations. No. The gospel is for everyone. The gospel of Christ is for everyone. 
So he says, go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. And you cannot understand all nations. We said, we're looking at something last week. We said, how was the Bible written? Because if you want to understand all nations, we have to see it clearly. And we have to see the way the Bible was written. And I, and I explained to us last week, I said, the Bible consists of 66 books and 40 authors over thousands of years wrote it at different times of history. So that means there's a message containing in the book of the Bible that you must understand. And to understand the Bible, you must understand certain basics of the Bible. And I explained to us last week, I said the Bible was not written originally in English language. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, while the New Testament was written in Greek. Now, so it is very likely that when you read the Bible, you are going to think the Bible is very English as you think. That's not true. So I'm going to do a bit of work this morning explaining to you the Bible. And why, why I, I didn't know the import of what I'm about to do now till I started having more conversations with people in our today's world. And I found out that a lot of people are reading the scriptures so wrongly. Because we are reading the scriptures in our mindset or in our kind of understanding. You know, there's a way you read your textbooks, so for maybe some of you that are in school or some of you that are not in school. There's a way you read a novel and the setting of that novel seems to speak into today's world. I don't know if you read novels here, like you, 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 you binge on a lot of novels. I mean, let me see. I don't know if you read novels. Okay, cool. Now, so that means that there is quite a bit of a way you will understand the novel because it's going to fit in into today's world. You know, in today's world now, if a writer will write in today's world, in 2023 world now, the writer is going to talk about things like Tesla, right? Things like iPhone, Samsung, things like aeroplane, things like, um, which other thing is applicable? Um, Huh? COVID, yeah. This is pandemics. They will talk about pandemic, COVID. Rather will talk about um huh? AI, chat GPT, yeah. You're just gonna talk about things like that. But if you read somebody's novel in let's say, let's just assume in two thousand, maybe maybe year two thousand and one. Hope you know the person is not going to talk about AI. This is not going to talk about um, chat GPT. This is not going to talk about electric cars or a Tesla. I mean, as a 2001 novels. Because they did not foresee, they probably would have just foreseen it, but they would not have foreseen a name called Tesla. Does that make sense? All right. So now that means if I'm to read a 2001 novel, I am going to go back to the setting of the kind of word they use. Does that make sense? Or if I read, you know, now in our today's world, in the early, maybe if you read books of the early, um, maybe in 1980 or maybe let's say 1970, you won't find something like Gmail. You won't find something like Yahoo Mail. You won't find something like Hotmail. You will see some more post office. More of I delivered the mail to a post office. Now, you will understand that because the post office is still running. But in their own world, they didn't understand that you could actually 
there was no technology advancement to such a way that there is a Gmail. Am I making sense? To such a way that there is a Yahoo mail, there's a hot mail where you don't have to necessarily deliver a specific letter. You can just send the email. Does that make sense? Now, a lot of us read the Bible in today's world, and that's wrong. It wasn't written in today's world. The writers of scriptures did not have you in mind when they were writing it. In fact, when Paul was writing to the church of Ephesus, he never foresaw that you and I would be reading his books today. He was simply writing a letter to his church. Just like maybe I travel and I'm writing a letter and I say, Dear Supernatural Community Church, I miss you guys. Happy Sunday. And maybe, maybe um, Sister Joy that led us in prayer read the, read, um, um, read the letter for us before reading us, I say, hello guys, letter from pastor. I say, um, dearly beloved, greetings to you in the name of Jesus. I wish, I wish above all things that that may prosper and be in good health. <laughs> Do you know that? You will relate to the letter and say, oh, how are you doing? Ensure that Bob Godwin is Ensure that console brought Godwin for being a Chelsea fan, for losing his games recently. You know, you know, you will be able to relate with those letters, right? Now, let, let me show you an example. Let's go to let's go to let's go to Colossians. Let's go to Colossians. Let me let me let me be able to. I want to show you this example because if you can understand this basic fact, you will see how to study the scriptures. Now, let's go to Colossians 4. Colossians 4. I'll wait for you guys. I want you everybody to get there. Colossians 4. Let's go to Colossians 4. Now it says in verse 12, let's look at verse 12. Or let's start from verse 7. It says, All my states shall Titicus declare unto you. Do you know you don't know Titicus? Titicus is not your friend. Neither is Titicus your brother. Neither is Titicus your cousin or your father or your mother. <laughs> It says, all my stay with Titicus declare unto you. Now look at it in verse 9, verse 9, Colossians 4, verse 9. It says, with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved servant, who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all the things that are done here. So that means there will be a brother in the church who is probably not the pastor, but probably knows where Paul is. He will explain things that is going on with Paul's state. Do you know that that letter is not for you now? I mean, if you are following me to this point, let me see your hands. Do you see that it's not, they are not writing to you? Okay, now look at it in verse 15, or look at 14. Look, the beloved physician, Demas greets you. Ah, so is Demas greeting you this morning? Are you seeing it? Look at it in verse 15. Salute the brethren, which are in Laodicea, Nimpas, and the church in his house. Do you... Have you been to his house before? Do you know Nimpas and the church of Laodicea? All you know is the church in the United States. Or and Supernatural Community Church. <laughs> Hallelujah. It says, and this epistle, when it is read among you, cause that he be read in the church of Laodicea, and likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. So that means they will be reading the epistle from Laodicea to Colossia, to Colossae. 
So that means the letter is both for the church of Colossae and Laodicea. You know, say, and also say to Archippus, take it to his ministry, just like we can say, say to Bro Godwin. I won't say Bro Kawena because they, are, they seem to be winning their game. God punished them, but. <laughs> we can say, say to Bro Godwin, take art. For your club is going through relegation this season. And you will not play next season. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, you will be able to relate with it if I write, if I was the one that wrote that letter to you. Even if you're a first comer, you will ask who is Bro Godwin. Bro Godwin should signify that you're a Chelsea fan so that if any first timer here can recognize you. <laughs> if I is even using a blue Bible. What's that? That's devilish. <laughs> anyway, now, so that means that letter will be so applicable to you. So now, that's to tell you the letters or the writers of the scriptures never foresaw that you'll be reading the Bible today. <laughs> they never intended it. It was just in God's providence and in God's wisdom that we have the scriptures today. Then someone will ask you and say, why is the Bible that accurate? What if you have been asked that question before? Is the Bible that accurate? Is the Bible that correct? Is the Bible that complete? And I say something, and we're going to get to those questions. Don't forget, what are we studying? You are not born a sinner. <laughs> we're trying to ask some questions on, were you born with sin from birth? Did Adam's sin automatically make you a sinner? Did the fruit that Adam eats make everybody a sinner? What exactly is also sin? We might not be able to get here today, but we'll get here someday. <laughs> Hallelujah. We might not be able to get there fully today, but we'll get there someday. Amen. Someday, the time and seasons we said we sang this morning are in his hands. Hallelujah. So, that's, we, so it's to make you understand. We said the, the writers of scriptures wrote the Bible in the Old Testament in Hebrew language and the New Testament in Greek language. So that means I explained to us language are constantly evolving and sometimes a word may not exist in the language we want to translate it to so that means, you know, I told us last week, I said English language is one of the most newest language in the world. As much as you speak it and you don't know it, it's the truth. You can do your research. It's not, it's about, it's not close to, English language is not up to a thousand years. It's not even up to a thousand years yet. So, as at the time they were translating the Bible to English, there were some words that they couldn't agree on. Like saying, you know, as English language is evolving now, I remember the Western world didn't understand our food. There's a food now, I, I'm from Nigeria now, but there's a food we eat in Africa, and I think most part of Africa eat those food, and it's a morsel. But everybody in the Western world calls it fufu. 
Years ago, Fufu wasn't in the dictionary. I, I remember it because I knew when Fufu came into the dictionary and I knew who, who said that word that made it a legal word. But before, everybody did not know the name. So today, if you see food like... Now, you might not be able to relate with it. I will be able to relate with it. If you see food like maybe pounded yam, if you see like um, amala, all of those things. Now, you might not know it. Some of you might just wonder, amala, what's that mean? It's the, it's, don't worry, just do your research. It's okay. <laughs> Everything is called fufu. In fact, some people will say mashed potatoes that they squeeze together. But no, that's not it. As language is constantly evolving, there was not, that language did not evolve, wasn't in existence then. Okay, I'll use another word, pandemic. Pandemic has always been a word. It has always been a language, it has always been part of our vocabulary. But it did not get into our vocabulary until 2019, 2019-2020. That's when the word became more globalized. Even such that a random baby understands what a pandemic means. But if somebody have asked you, what does a pandemic mean? Probably in 2012. Or maybe in 2010. Or maybe even in 2005. You will, you will check Google. I don't know if I understand what I'm saying. But the word now has evolved. Does that make sense? That word now, vaccine now, that statement has evolved. Because of the recent developments in 2020. I, I don't know if I'm making sense to you now. So languages are constantly evolving, and from language constantly evolving, is now making us see that the scriptures might not come out in the most original words. So that is why when you read the scripture, you are not trying to fit in into today's word. It can't fit. Mm -mm, it can't fit. You have to sit down properly. And that's why you need a good local church where you are taught properly the word of God and you are well built up with the word. So it's very important to understand that while interpreting the text of scriptures, to help your understanding, if you miss the language of the scriptures, you are not going to understand the Bible text. If you read, the, if you miss the language of the scriptures, you will not understand the Bible text. So that would mean that if I say, if I say a statement, or, you, or let, me show you, let me show you an example. Let's go to Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians. Let's see Ephesians 6 again. Ephesians 6. In verse 21. It says, That ye also may know my affairs, of how I do, Titicus, a beloved brother, a faithful minister in law, shall make known to you all things. So, are you saying that these guys were not writing to you? I've never seen it. They were not writing to you. But now, somebody will ask me, why is their book now in the scripture? We are coming there. We are coming there. 
Because in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, 2 Timothy 3, 16, let's go to 2 Timothy 3, 16. 2 Timothy 3, 16. I've always told us, if, if you have followed us or if you are listening to us for a while, that the Bible is a piece of literature. And it is written in man's language, however inspired by God. Now look at it in 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. It says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. So it says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. But listen to me. It was written in man's language. Despite being inspired by God, it was written in man's language. Hebrew is man's language. It's not an heavenly language. Greek is man's language. It's not an heavenly language. You hear some people of some other religion tell you their own book is so solid, is so trustworthy, because a certain spirit or a certain angel dictated their book. If an angel is to dictate the book, I, I think the angel should speak in an angry language. I don't know if you want, I don't know if you, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. If it's an angel that should dictate a book, the angel should speak in an heavenly language, not in a language that a man is speaking. I don't know if you are, if you are thinking what I'm thinking. Let me see your hand if, you, if we are on the same page. Okay, let me explain what I'm saying again. Man's language in our today's world now, our language is English. Is our is our, I mean in Rochester here? Let's just use Rochester here now. Our language is English, and our mode of communication is English, right? So that means that if who has the language, is it God? Is it God's language? <laughs> That's a man's language. Some people just woke up one day. Now, I'm going to, this, I, I think I taught this before in, in, in one of our Bible Immunities class. How is languages formed? Languages are phrases or words formed together. That means I can wake up today now and start my own language. And I'll say, beam, 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 and beam, beam. Beam means give me money. <laughs> and I intonize its way in a way. How many of you know that English language is evolving? There's a statement that you will speak. They'll tell you, no, that's wrong. But years ago, you know, it's right, it was right. <laughs> Grammarly will not help you be correcting certain things. And as you were typing, you were typing the re, you were typing your heart out. And Grammarly will be telling you, no. Red. Grammarly will help you to underline it. I don't even know what I'm talking about. It's to show you that the language is evolving. So that means if I say, beam, 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 give me 100 million dollars. In the next two years, it can evolve and, and that beam, beam, beam can mean, give me all your money. Are you seeing how languages start? So, and now, it has now become a mode of communication. 
It has now, the reason why you don't seem to understand it is because in our world today now, everybody is too lazy to form a language. <laughs> everybody is just relying on the ones they have. I think it's the ancient words now that is just staying on the language. I just say, so let's, let's try and change, you know, let's speak another thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? I don't know if you get, I mean, if you're following me to this point. But are you seeing that all languages are man's language? All languages are man's language. Are man's language. So that means the mode of communication will be in a man's world. Because who is on this earth? Who is on this earth? So for man to understand how will the Bible be written, it will be written in a language that a man will understand. So that means if we, for us to understand God, for us to understand the scriptures, we must read the scripture in a man's language. So now we ask you, is man's language perfect? You're not responding. Is man's language perfect? No, let me see your end if you, if you believe it is perfect. Okay, thank God. So, we can agree now that man's language is imperfect, right? Right, guys? So, can we say the writings of the scriptures were written in an imperfect language? I'm getting you to think this morning. Can we say the language of the scriptures or the writings of the scriptures were written in an imperfect man's language? Let me see your hand if you get it. <laughs> let, let, let's go again. Is man's language perfect? Eh? Man's language is not perfect, right? Can we say the writings of the scripture? Is written in an imperfect man's language. Can we say that now? Okay. So that means the man that wrote it is any man in this world perfect? Who is the only perfect person? So now look at it too. An imperfect language, imperfect men wrote the scriptures. No matter who they are. As far as they are a man, they are imperfect. I don't know if I'm making sense to you. I don't know if I'm making sense to you. As far as it is a man, they are imperfect. So that means an imperfect man wrote with an imperfect language. But there is a clause. That's 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Inspiration is from the Greek word theonistos. It means God's breath. Inspiration is not God's dictation. That God say, in the beginning, Moses wrote, in the beginning. Or the writer of Genesis, because some people are arguing right now, and some speculations are coming up and saying, it's not Moses that wrote Genesis 1, 2, 3. We'll look at that in years to come. No, no. <laughs> now, did you see what I just read to you now when we looked at Greet Titicus? Could that be inspired? 
Does the God say, the God type it as a, the God is fire power, say, greet Titicus. Tell Onesimus. Was that his? I, I'm ever thinking. I'm ever thinking. Okay. Let's go back to those scriptures again. Go back to that Colossians 4. So do you mean, let's go back to Colossians 4. I, I want you to understand. I want you to love your Bible this morning. Amen. So because if we can do this, we'll be able to look at the sin issue. All right. Let's go to Colossians 4. Again. It says, look, the beloved physician and Demas greet you. So do you mean, if it was God's dictation, do you mean God said, write down, look, my beloved physician and Demas salute you. The God, we, we God say, write it down. God will call this Starok. You know the way some people call dictation, Starok, please come. You know the way some people call dictation, they'll just say, That's what some people call inspiration. But that's, thank you, that can't be inspiration. Inspiration is the way they tell you, write an essay on why you want to apply. I mean, if you, maybe when you were trying to enter college, why you think this college is best for you. Then you started looking for all the lies. <laughs> you said lying. He said, ever since I was young, <laughs> I never knew a college like this would come up. I've done my background research, and I found that this is a perfect fit for me. And I think, if you will, if you will make me apply to this, I'm going to give it all my best. And it's a lie. You are going to party. <laughs> when you are, you resumed. <laughs> he said, I will give it all my best. I fought. I looked at the tuition. The tuition fit into my schedule. I look at this. You started lying all the lies. <laughs> How many of you did that? Let me see here. You wrote those kind of essays. <laughs> I caught you. <laughs> I'm just joking. Anyway, now look at inspiration. Inspiration is how a writer would sit down and write. Yet, but by the inspiration of God. That means he is writing, he is talking to the church, he is inspired with what he's writing. Such like, I want to write a novel now, and I want to write a novel on the happenings of, I want to write the novel of the happenings of what is going on in Rochester as at November or as at the last three years. I want to talk about the crime rates, I want to talk about the issues and the happenings that is going on in Rochester. I want to talk about how people in Tyler's club have lost all their gains this season. <laughs> I want to talk about how Tyler has not won any game this season. And I'm just inspired that, wow, University of Rochester, they've lost so much. But how it, how it keep winning? <laughs> and I just sit down and I'm writing. And I'm writing. That's my writing. Is an inspiration. 
What was Paul doing? Paul was writing and addressing the issues of his church. What was Moses or the writer of Genesis doing? Or if you read the book of Exodus, if you read the book of Leviticus, Moses was writing to an audience. He was telling them to put this in a memorial for him. He was writing about the current issues that is going on and trying to address it. With that current issues, when he was putting them down, or when he was telling people to put what he was saying down, that saying is by the Holy Ghost. Just like as I'm teaching you this morning, I could be talking to you. I could be, I mean, if you've had a conversation with somebody, and with that conversation, you just felt like, ah, this person is blessing my life. Just a regular conversation. I mean, if you've had that kind of conversation, that is exactly it. That's an inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So those writings were written by men but yet inspired by the Holy Ghost. And this is to make you understand that as a piece of literature, the rule of literature we apply in interpreting the text of the scriptures. So that will mean that the Bible will have some prose, some poetry, some regular languages. It will contain images, metaphors, similes, figures of speech. There will be ways the, the scriptures will explain things. It's like when the scripture says, um, mm, uh, it's like when the scripture says, all, all things are mine. So you now say, Sister Rokeska is yours. Are you saying that you are, you are interpreting it wrongly? Are you seeing that? So that would mean, in interpreting the text of the scriptures, I must be very careful. And let me, let me give you an example. Let's practice something with these two statements. The oldest man in the village has kicked the bucket. Do you know that's what I just said means a lot? I don't even know the meaning of what I just said. The oldest man in the in the in the in the village has passed away, has kicked the bucket. But do you know you can take it literal? The oldest man in the village has kicked the bucket. Are you seeing it? Am I making sense to you? If, I, if you are following me to this point, let me see your hands. Okay. I'll give you another one. Make A why why the sun shines. I don't know what I just said. I don't know what I just said. Take every opportunity, right? But you know it could mean another thing entirely. The sun is still shining you. Quickly make. Are you following me? So that will mean that the book of the scripture, one of the things I'm trying to do in this series is to make the Bible as clear as possible for you such that you love your Bible again. So that will mean that when you read the scriptures, 
you have to understand what it is saying. And you cannot be in a hurry. You can't be in a hurry. That's why you see in Ephesians 3, 3 to 5, Paul says, how be it when you read. When you read there, it refers to paying attention to details. Matthew 12, 3. Matthew 19, 4. Matthew 12, 3. Matthew 19, 4. Mark 2, 25. When you read, have you not read? Anaginosko. Have you not read? So that means, when you read the scriptures, you'll be able to understand things that are said. So proper Bible reading will prevent you from making an error or building a thought that the writer never intended. When you read the Bible, it's like, how many of you would like to be taken out of context? How many of you would like it? Nobody, right? You would not like to be taken out of How many of you would like to write, how many of you would like to write a letter now? And in that letter, you wrote in that letter, ha, in a full sheet of letter, let's say, let's say like this, my daughter now, a full page, and somebody just read the letter and just picked one line that, that you said, ha, I will kill, I will kill you today. And went to report you to the police that you are threatening the person's life. When all you meant was, hmm, by the time I come, and you were just jesting with the person, you were just making fun of the person that, hmm, by the time I come, eh, the way I will kill you eh, for those things you have done for me. You know, it's a two different, <laughs> it's a two different interpretation. You don't necessarily mean kill you, I just basically mean you, you and the person will play together, right? And you are the person who will have, you know, but they now took you and put you in jail for saying you killed somebody. You won't like it, right? That is what many of us have done with the scriptures. We have taken what the writers never intended to mean what we think it should be. So you will see some people and say, the Egyptians you see tomorrow, you will see them no more. You know you can't go to Egypt and say that. <laughs> Imagine you go to Egypt and you shout in their church and you go and tell them, the Egyptian you see today, you will see them no more. <laughs> they will show you what it means to see them no more. So that means we must be very careful in understanding the scriptures. So that means that as we as readers, we are never to go aside for what is being conveyed by the author. We must never go aside what was written by the author. So that we mean one way to read the Bible is to read the Bible as a conversation. Read it in its entirety. You cannot pick a text and just run with it like that. I don't know if you are seeing it now. It will be very bad. So we said, the foremost way to understand the Bible is to see that the Genesis and Malachi, the Old Testament books, Paul referred to them as the scripture. And I've always told you, what was Jesus' Bible before Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Genesis to Malachi. 
What was Paul's Bible before everything was written? What was Peter's Bible? What was John's Bible? What was the Church of Ephesus Bible? You know, they were not the ones reading. The, they were not, what they were reading was the Bible, not the letter. The letter was only an explanation of good morning, pastor. Um, letter from pastor. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Just like today, how we send emails to you. You know, today now, it's more easier. You just check Super SEC Connect on your email. Read it. Jesus is glorified. Hi, your Benson. Let me know if he bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. We light up the earth. <laughs> so, instead of that, they will read the letter to them. But what is in their hands as a Bible? Genesis to Malachi. Are you understanding me this morning? So that means, to understand the scriptures, we must see what was written. What was written at all time. So, never you think, never you think that the scriptures are to be taken out of context. No. Never you think that you could just go anyway with the scriptures. No. The scriptures wasn't even written in chapters and verses. The scriptures was not written in chapters and verses. It was added so that the book of the Bible can be very, the translators added the chapters and the verses so that the Bible can be very properly organized. But I think it's one of the errors they've done us. Because you know Paul will not be writing and be putting in verse 1. See, verse 1, verse 2, it is called a letter. Let me show you how it, let me show you how it is called a letter. Let's go to like, let's go to, so let's go to that Colossae. We'll be using Colossae. We'll be using, uh, we'll be using the book of um, Colossians. Are you learning something? Is this making sense to you? Okay. Let's see. I don't know if you know what an opening salutation in a, in a, in a, in a writing means. I don't know if you know. Um, I remember when we were younger, there's a way we used to write, there's a way we used to write letter. Good morning, sir. I hope you are good. Good, good dear sir or ma. Um, how are you doing? I hope you are doing well. If so, glory be to God. The purpose of writing this letter to you. I don't know if you went through that phrase. The purpose of writing this letter to you is to tell you the way you are finished. You're not right. Uh, uh, yours sincerely. Yours faithfully. Yours. Now it's today now. Yours in love. Yours is today now. Everything has changed. Then, if you want to write love letter, you say, I'm picking this pen from the basket of love. If you, if you, Oh, if you are looking like you, you did not do something. Have you wrote love letters in your life? You know, nobody wants to cast themselves in church. Have you wrote something like, I, I'm picking this pen from the basket of love. Bro, God is looking like <laughs> things I've done. <laughs> that, so we'll, we'll write there, we'll say, I'm picking this pen from the basket of love. And... When you are about to hand it, you see, now I drop the pen back into your heart. Ah. 
Born a sinner. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, let me show you. Let me show you how the roots. Now look at the Colossians 1. I want you to see the pattern. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother. Now, take your eyes off the verse 1, verse 2 now. Let's read it as a conversation. Are you seeing it? Take your eyes off the verse 1, verse 2, right? Can we do that? Okay, let's do it. Let's read it now. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ the will of God, and Timotheus our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in, in, in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. In, you know, that's a full stop, right? Another paragraph will be, we thank, we give thanks to God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we have heard of your faith, Jesus Christ, and of your love, which you have heard of the sin, for the hope which is laid up in heaven, wherefore ye have heard of the gospel, in truth, which is come unto you, as in the world which bringeth fruit, as though it in you, since the day that we have heard it, and knew the grace of God in truth. Can that be another full stop? In reading. Another paragraph. Have ye has also learned of Epaphras, our dear servant? Are you seeing it? So, are you see that if you are reading as a conversation, you won't have a problem with the Bible. Let's read on. As you have read, as you have learned of our prophets, dear fellow servants, who is of you, the faithful minister of Christ, which is declared unto you for the love of the Spirit, for this cause, you also, since the day we had it, would not cease to pray for you and to desire that you be filled. In knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, be fruitful in every good work, increasing the knowledge of God, strengthening with all mind according to his glorious power, all patience, long suffering, and joy. I used that they, they, they help us to do all this command there. And when a command is there, it means the statement has not ended. Okay. Giving thanks to the Father. I, I used to, they even put in the colons to let us see that this is a continuous conversation. Look at where, that, where there is now a full stop. Verse 17. How many of you have seen it? Then another paragraph. So, do you see that if you have paid close attention with reading the Bible, you will not pick any, any scripture out of context. You will never have done it. So, people who pick scripture out of context, they don't know how to study the Bible. Because we are going to misquote the authors. We are going to misquote what they are saying. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are going to misquote them. We are going to have, and that way, we will never understand what the Bible is truly saying. And that is what has caused a lot of false doctrine today. A lot of false belief. You have conversations with people and they'll tell you, Christianity, you people believe this, you people believe that, such that they'll tell you that some, you people believe so many things. That's because the Bible in our hands, we don't know how to study it. And don't forget, the setting of the scriptures, is it in our today's word? Mm -mm, it can't be. So don't try to fit it into today's word. It is now in the process of interpretation, we will now fix it in today's word, but not immediately. It's in the process of interpreting, we will now fix it into today's word, but not immediately. Not when you are reading it. 
Remember, I told you, were they writing to you? You are not their first audience. Even the books, the first five books of the Bible was not directly to you. The Psalms of David was not directly to you. The Proverbs was not directly to you. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the book of Acts were not directly to you. But in his providence, we have these books written for our learning. We have this book written for us to be able to understand the truth about God. So let nobody deceive you and tell you your book is not perfect. We accept it that way. Hallelujah. We accept it that way. Some people believe that angels dictated their own Bible or their own book. That's not trustworthy. Because I should, I, the angel should speak in a language that the person does not understand. I don't know if I'm making sense. Because it should, for man to understand, it has to be written in man's language. So now, this leads us into our study. If we want to define sin, don't forget where we are coming from. We said the gospel is for all nations, right? And that means this Bible that is written, if it is properly understood, well taught, we will see the mysteries of the gospel and we will see that every man needs the gospel from this Bible. We will see that the Bible is for all men in this in our today's world. So now, this leads us to understanding what exactly is sin? Who is a sin? Who exactly is a sinner? What, what makes a man? You know, we should ask a question of what makes a man that we can say, now you are a sinner. What makes him that way? Is everybody on this earth born from born a sinner at birth, did Adam's fruits make him a sinner? Or did Adam's sin make everybody a sinner? For us to be able to answer these questions that before us now, number one, we have to go to the beginning, the very origin. Remember, you and I cannot misquote the Bible. Remember, me and you have to read the Bible in context. Remember, the scripture or the writer of that word were not writing to us. They were writing to a particular audience. Remember also that in reading, you will read as a conversation. Remember that also as you study the scripture, it must be a careful one. You cannot take things literally. There will be some part that will be literal. There will be some parts that you will have to explain. Because, you know, today, some people still think the serpent talk. Can a snake speak? Some people now um, awaken the theory and said, Snake was speaking at that time. But God now did something, put their belly on the floor, and now seized their mouth. So that's why everything they just do today, 
because they are struggling to talk. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It shows to us that if you took it literally, there will be a problem. Look at another one. Before we even get into the study, I'm trying to get you to think. How would a fruit make a man a sinner? Just eating the fruit. That means if he goes to the toilet, nothing is in his system again, then he's clean. Or if he drinks water and flush it away. I expected that if I were had them, and if it was a real fruit, I would just say, ah, God, give me a second. Let me go and drink water. Let me flush whatever I've eaten away, and my system is now I'm free. I'm so sorry. It's as though I never ate it now. I'm just thinking, could that have been what would have made the whole... <laughs> Some people now say, and everybody today now is blaming Eve. They say, you are the cause of our problem. Some people, are, some people still look at women and say, hmm, generations of Eve. Tempters of our destiny. Evil people. Some people see women and say, evil people. They'll say, women, Eve, generations of Eve, daughters of Eve, the ones that cause Adam to sin. And they not think that that's what makes them a sinner. So that would mean that a baby that was born today and died today is going to hell. So he said that there are questions we have to ask and answer. I'm thinking. Let me see. I'm thinking now. There are questions you have to answer. And, they are, and these are questions from the Bible. <laughs> but we don't forget the title. The title already hit us. You are not what? Born in sin. <laughs> I think I gave it away. I gave it away too soon from the title. It's such a first time, Abby. On the note, we should have act, it should have been a, I think I want to change the title. I'm changing I'm changing the title. Are you born a sinner? Or could you be born a sinner? I think I'm changing the title. I will I will leave it too soon. It's too soon. It's too the answer is too direct. Because even if, with all the questions I'm asking now, you already have an answer. I'm still not born a sinner. <laughs> Even what the question I was asking, I want you to still be thinking, but in your mind, somewhere in your mind, I'm not, you are not born a sinner. <laughs> it's too, I'm changing the title. So, what do you think is the title? What do you think we should title it? Are you, born a sinner? Eh? are you born a sinner? Oh, are we born sinners? Mm, that's deep. Are we born sinners? Hmm. <laughs> Hallelujah. So look at look at Revelations 12 verse 9. 
Let's see something quickly before we go back to Genesis. Because Genesis will first answer our question. We have to go back to the very beginning. Abby? Mm. But look at Gen- Revelation 12, verse 9. It says, are you there? Revelation 12, 9. It says, and the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent. Called what? So that means <laughs> you will be too quick in Genesis to assume that a serpent was the animal. If I'm making sense, let me see your hands, guys. Let me see your hands. You will be too quick to think the serpent was an animal. <laughs> so, this is to make us study, right? You ready? Genesis 1. Let's go to Genesis 1. We said sin was used 294 times in Genesis to Malachi. And we said the first place it was used. Do you notice? And I told you something on, I told you something last week. The first place sin was used was not Genesis 3. It was not with Adam and Eve. It was with Cain. Genesis 4. That's something to study. That's something to think about. Look at the first place in the scripture where you will find the word sin. Genesis 4 verse 7. The first place you will find the word sin. Genesis 4 7. If thou doest well, thou shalt not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at your door. This is the first place sin was used in the scripture. It wasn't used with Adam and his transgression. That's something to think. And we're coming back to it later. Hallelujah. Let's go to Genesis 1. Let's start from Adam and Eve. Let's start from the creation. You know, for us to arrive at sin, let's first start with the man that God created. Who is the man? How does sin generate inside the man? How about that? Mm-hmm. All right, look at Genesis 1, verse 26. Because some people are wondering, okay, where does this sin come from? Where does it come from? Genesis 1 verse 26. Are you, are you enjoying this study this morning? I don't know if you are loving your Bible more. You are thinking. You are, okay, cool. Ah, I gave my answers too soon. He's pinning me. Ah, why would I tie to a message that's, that's straightforward? That's, that's, this must be the, almost the first time I'm doing that. Abby, for those of you that it will be the first time that you already know the answer from the topic. I'm using Sister Florence's um, title. Are we sinners? Or are we born sinners? That's a good title. And so I'm changing the title. Or who told you you are a sinner? <laughs> no, I actually have another series. Not now. That I want to do who told you. Not now. It's, that, I don't, it's too early to title it. Let's finish this. Let's finish this one. There's another title. That one will be talking about our conscience issue. Who told you? That will be the title. Don't worry, not now. So, because God asked them a question. Who told you that what you did was wrong? And their conscience started pricking. They started saying, no, it's you. It's the man you gave. They started blaming me. No, it's Sister Clara. No. Is that this? Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Genesis 1. 
26. Loving this? Don't worry, we're almost, well, my time is past spent, but let's see if I can explain this quickly. Genesis 1, 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over everything that creepeth upon the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply. Replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion. You know, there, there was nothing like have dominion over men. There was have dominion over the fish of the sea. <laughs> we are coming on to these things later. <laughs> over the fall of the year, over every... When we, last year, we're going to look at a series called God and Racism. Anticipate for it. We want to look at racism. What does God think? Is it God that made us black, yellow, black, white, purple? Is it God? Is this God's creation? Is God the originator of the whole races? Is it God that decided to put a seclusion to man? So don't miss, don't be, don't miss church. <laughs> you miss church. <laughs> you miss, you miss, you missed it. <laughs> so these are things we'll be looking at next year. Amen. So, but we are, we are using this one to prep us to, to that point. So, over every living thing that moved upon the earth. Now, don't forget, we said that there is grammar and language in, in the way things are written. You know, when it says the word image, in our today's word, the word image we mean photos. Image 574 JP, JP, JP. JPEG, PNG. The word image now, today's word, we mean go and check yourself in the mirror. Remember? That's why we did the introduction we're doing. But don't forget, it was not written in our today's world. The word image in the Hebrew is the word selem. T-S-E-L-M. T-S-E-L-H-E-M. T-S-E-L-H-E-M. Selim. And it was used as, it was used for idols. That is something to be reproduced in another format. Or to put someone else in print elsewhere. Let me tell you what the word image means. It's like, this is, it's like I created this thing and I carved out something and this is now a representation of something. This is what image means in the Hebrew. Like a representation that once you see this, you have seen me. Just like the president don't have to come to this service. The president of the United States don't have to come to this survey. He just have to send a seal. That seal is called his image. So it is as good as him being there. I don't know if I get to, I'm if I get to what I'm saying. I, 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 I mean, it's like a representation. 
something carved out. But it was mostly used for idol worship. That's the word image. So when he says he created man in his image, can we say he created a representation? Can we say that? No, because some people, how many of you have seen some human beings before and you wonder, is this really an image of God? <laughs> and I don't mean change. But you look at that and say, ah, God really created man. I remember when I was younger, there was one boy, he said was, and I'm not trying to body shame anybody as well, but he said was very long. And I thought to myself, is this really an image of God too? If it's an image of God, everybody should look alike. I don't know if you are thinking. If it is an image of God, everybody, all of us in this church, we should all look alike. But we don't. It's very clear. Just look at your neighbor. We don't look alike. <laughs> are you seeing it? So that can't be an image. So if it is an image, then all of us should all take a face. And all of us should all look alike. And we should be looking like the one who created us. How I many of you are getting what I'm saying? We, the way they've explained image in our English words today now, the image is like, a, is like you are looking at a picture. You are a reflection of something. But that's not what it means in the Hebrew. Are you see, I, I mean, if I get to what I'm I mean, if I get to me to this point, let me see your hands. That will mean that everybody in this earth should all look alike. But we don't. You are in the image of your parents. <laughs> That's the truth. Your children will be in your image. I don't even know what I'm talking about. That's why some people will say, where did you get this note from? You say, my mother. <laughs> Somebody asks you, ah, your, your eyes is just too big. Where did you get it from? Say, my father. So you say, where's your list just calling you this way? They say, who has the list? Ah, it was one uncle in my family. <laughs> I mean, you can see that you can trace the image of your body to somewhere. So are you, is that really the image of God? Can we say that's not the image of God? So we say, ah, why is your ear so small? Ah, you say, my mother's, my own mother's ear is smaller than this. So you say, why is your ear too big? You say, have you met my father? <laughs> so we are all in the image of our parents, or whoever gave birth to us. So that can't be the Genesis image. If it makes sense, let me see your hands. Are you seeing how to read the Bible now? Ah. Do you see why I did the introduction I was doing? So you see the more things we are still having to unravel. We are still going to unravel. So image was used for idols, like a physical element to represent an unseen being. A physical element to represent an unseen being. So it's like a spirit being formed in another. A spirit being found in another. Like a physical element to represent an unseen being. Like saying, like, like what I use now, 
Joe Biden, the President of the United States, don't have to be in this service. If he sends his seal, that's his image, a physical representation of him. So man is a representation of God. Man in himself. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? That is why, how many of you have seen all these idol worshippers before? They just have to talk to a calf things. People have watched movies where an idol worshipper is doing something and they are speaking to maybe a wall. And they are speaking to maybe a doll, a baby doll. And they are shooking the baby doll and say, this is a representation of Chamaka's eyes. Chook it. This is a representation of Chamaka's eyes. Chook it. And the person will wake up in the next morning and the person is not alive. That is it. So it's like a deity. Image is like a deity. So they, so look at what I'm doing to us. I'm teaching you who God created you. Such that God needs you, the devil needs you. God cannot do anything on this earth except through a man. Are you seeing it now? Because you are a physical representation. Also the devil cannot move on this earth without a man. For him to penetrate his evil, he needs men. That is why he's a man that we kill. He's a man that we steal. He's a man that we do evil. He's a man that we also jail them. <laughs> and he's a man that we tell them they are, what you are doing is wrong. So, when we say God came down as a man, you have to understand. We are coming there soon. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? That image, I said it was used, it is in their word, it's used for idols. So that means I can have an handkerchief and I can say this handkerchief represents Chamaka. And as I squeeze the handkerchief, I'm squeezing Chamaka's neck. I'm tying it. I'm tying it like this. I'm tying it. <laughs> a physical representation. And I'm just tying the neck. I'm strangling it. I don't have to struggle physically. But... <clears throat> and when she wake up, she doesn't... <laughs> That is how, have you, how many of you have watched movies like that? That you see things like that. How many of you have traditions like that? I know we're in a Western world and it's still like those things are not rampant. But it happens. Because that is an image. That is exactly what it A physical representation of something. So it's like saying, To represent an unseen being, God created man. So when he says God created man in his image, he puts you down as a representation of himself. Don't forget, we started asking a question in camp meeting and we said, who is man? Who am I? So are you seeing that you as you are seated like this, you are not ordinary? Mm -mm. You are not, oh. God needs you. The devil is also looking for you. 
That is why we are preaching. We are preaching so that the Spirit of God will be in the life of people. People who are not saved, the devil is dwelling in their heart. It's like a torso. Because man is a representation. Man is the one who owns this earth. It's only a man that can fit into this earth. That is why any other creation on this earth, that apart from man, is called an alien, a stranger. So when it says he created man in his image, don't also forget, it says after our likeness. Likeness means a pattern. In the Hebrew, it means a pattern, a shape, a model. It means, it implies to resemble. It simply, in a, in a, in a normal English word, it just simply means to resemble. So look at it. God created man in his image to resemble something. He says he created man in his image. So that means God's intention for man was for man to be like him. <laughs> God's intention for man was for man to be like him. Look at in Genesis 5. Genesis 5, verse 3. Genesis 5, verse 3. Let me show you something again about image and likeness. Genesis 5, verse 3. So you understand it. Quickly, 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 quickly. My time is running. Genesis 5, verse 3. Look at what it says. It says, And Adam lived an, an 130 years old and begat a son in his likeness. That is to resemble. That resembled him, right? After his what? His representation, can we say, after his image, and he called his name what? So, that is helping us to see that. Image and likeness refers to someone who looks like you. So, physically now, you can say, I am in the image of my parents, rest, right? But I am as a man, human being, whose image am I in? God. The fact that I am man, human being, man, woman. We live in a world now where if you say man, they will think you are a sexist. Man, and when I'm saying man, I mean man and woman. No. Please, male and female. <laughs> so, man in the image and likeness of God implies that God's representative on earth will be a man. So don't forget, he now said, male and female, he created he, them. This showing us that both male and female were included in his plan. He now told us, replenish the earth, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth. Some people think that multiply means just go and be giving birth to children. That can be it. Play for me as I close. My uh, time is fast, but I'm going to continue this next week. So, man is that representation and likeness of God. So, if somebody asks you, as a Christian, 
Why did God decide to create man? Can you give the person an answer and say, he decided to create his own kind of representation on this earth. And it is different colors. You will come through different parents. But the fact that you are a man, you have pictures of a man. I mean, when I'm saying man, I'm talking about male and female. You are God's representation on it. So, who is this being standing here today? Who is this being seated in service this morning? God's representation on this earth. And it can be two ways. A man who is not saved is Satan's representation. That is why the epistle called an unbeliever a temple of idol. What is a temple? A representation to. That is why Paul will read the scripture and call us we are God's temple. He says our body is a temple of God. Wow. Do you know what temple means? A place of worship. Whoa. So man that God created is God's representation on it. So who are you? God's representation on it. So when he says he created man in his image, in his likeness, I am in the like. So is it my facial appearance that looks like man, that looks like God? Mm-mm. It's not this uh, beard, all those things. No. It's the fact that I am a man. If you're understanding, let me see your hands. Oh, yes. It's the fact that you are a man. So, as we approach more light in this series, which we have not started, which we are just trying to, we are trying to see where we will start. (laughs) We will approach and we will see ourselves. Then you will be able to look at where did the origin of sin come from. And you will see that whatever you have struggled with as an addiction, an issue, is not a problem. It's never an issue. You just need God's word. Because you are God's representation on it. So, remember how we started? We said, Matthew 28, go into the world, preach the gospel, right? So when I preach the gospel, can I say I am making God and I'm making and I'm replenishing the earth and multiplying because I want other men to also be God's representation on it. Can we say that? That is it. That's our responsibility. So who am I? Remember we said we are not born a sinner. <laughs> we are not. Actually we are not. We are not. No man because if you if we are born a sinner, then it will mean God created sinners. Let me see your hands if you understand what I just said. If we were born a sinner, then it will mean the man, the makeup of man in itself is already a sinner. So where did sin come from? 
will have to study. Hallelujah. Did this bless you? Are you sure? Are you sure? Let's be on our feet. Let's just thank the Lord this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Bless his holy name. Thank you. Lift your hands, bless him.